everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Excuse my voice. I uh, had a little cold this week. Not COVID. Tim tested negative a bunch of times. A little uh, upper respiratory or sinus something or other. But in any case, we're here because we're troopers. Jerry, Jer Bear, welcome back to the show. Paranormal Base, Parlay J. Uh, my buddy at the point. What's happening? What's up, brother? I, you know what? I just got to pick one name and stick with it, I think, at this point. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I got like three or four different uh, AKAs and uh, maybe maybe it's time to just uh, consolidate. <laughs> well, I know Parlay J does really well. Yeah, Parlay J, paranormal based from my DJing days. I kind of stuck for a while. And, you know, then you got Jerry and I'm, I'm trying to think of my next one. <laughs> Well, no, you're you're pushing forty something, fifty thousand something followers on Twitter. You can't change paranormal paranormal base now, right? No, no, that's 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 staying with me forever. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's it. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, things are a little a little funky on the um on the responsible wagering side, of course, because you you know if anybody follows you on Twitter, they see you're not out there blowing frivolous amounts of money. You're putting a few dollars on big parlays, a few dollars here, a few dollars there. That's like the biggest part of the, uh, I guess, the biggest part of the battle is just staying within your your budget, staying within your means, not letting things get out of hand. Yeah, it's uh, it's what I like to do is like ten dollars here, five dollars there, something like that. And but lately, because now I have that show swinging for the fences uh, on dimers every day. So now what I like to do is when I give my home run picks out and I say, you know what? I'm just going to put $25 straight on each home run. And last week, I, you know, I was up. Uh, they calculate units. Units are your betting size. I was up 3.8 units for the week, which is which is cool. That's that's awesome. That's what you want. It's profit. So I'm, I'm going to start focusing on those single home run bets, even though home runs have been terrible to bet on this season. But I lucked out and uh, I was up a nice little amount this week. It's nice. It's 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 always nice to to come away with something. And, you know, I kind of mess around with it. You know, New York is still very new uh, in this whole thing. And, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, throwing a five dollar here, a ten dollar there. It's fun. It makes watching the games that much more uh, exciting. And, and, you know, there's so much information out there. You you see how a hitter does against a certain pitcher, you know, how this guy's hitting over the last five, seven, ten games, whatever the case may be. And, you know, you kind of get a feel for for who does what. Some, you know, just adds a, a little bit of excitement to it. It's uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. But like someone like me who's, you know, in, in the past I've dealt with, with substance abuse issues, stuff like that. You know, I have to tread very, very lightly because any sort of, you know, addiction type chemical reaction, I mean, addiction type mental reaction, it's, it's, a, it's very similar but, you know, apparently so far, I have no issues, man. It just, the substances is what got me hooked. I'm, I'm OK. I keep a very, a very reasonable head on my shoulders when it comes to my uh, my wagering. Yeah. Lately, I've been worried about uh, the addictive personalities out there because, you know, no one really talks about it much. So I did make a tweet about it the other day because it kind of bothered me. I heard uh, Craig Carton going on a little rant about it. And I'm like, he is absolutely 100 percent right. And if anybody knows it's him. Uh, there is a, that now it's, it's so easy and accessible. This is not going to the mob. This is not going to the corner to get the, the, the tickets with the, the pickums and, and stuff like that. You know, this is so accessible. You can just line it up with your bank account, put it right in. And there's a lot of people with addictive personalities that see me or anybody else win $10,000 or $5,000. And they're like, I'm going to get my big hit and I'm going to put $200 on a play that this guy did. And if it hits, it's $200,000. And, 
Uh, people think this is a get rich uh, quick thing that you can oh. actually do it. It is absolutely not. This is recreational. Uh, if, if you get, get a, a nice hit, it feels good. That's what we chase is those nice big hits. But we chased them at a, I personally chased them at a low rate. I mean, I won, thir- what was it, 13 or 14,000 off a $10 bet in January, stuff like that. I don't go too crazy with this. And yeah. people see that and they're like, well, if he put $10 on it, you know, maybe his next hit is coming and he, I'm going to put 100 and I'm going to win $130,000 and stuff like that. And that, that yeah. worries me a little bit. So I'm kind of treading lightly a little bit and trying to encourage people to show their small bets. Show me you bet a dollar and won 20 bucks. Like, show me something like that. You don't have to show. Everybody wants to blow me away and show me these tickets. Like I put $50 on this and I won 500. Like, I don't care how much you put. Personally, I really do not give a shit because (laughs) in the end of the day, you may have a good job. You may be making a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand a year. Well, that's not going to hurt your pockets. But I might have a college kid following me who's maybe making a part-time job and has some a little bit of money in the bank, maybe like five hundred in the bank, and he can't make that money. But he's going to put fifty dollars, and that's not a good bet for a guy that only has five hundred dollars in the bank. You know what I mean? So it's uh, I, I'm very limited on who I retweet and who shows me their tickets. I'll congratulate you, but I really don't want to encourage people betting heavy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the number one, the golden rule, at least that was it was explained to me a long time ago, back when you had to make bets through bookies and stuff like that was, you know, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. And, and, you know, a lot of people like you were just explaining, oh, you know, you want to make a big, big score. So let's, you know, let's put 100 out there and, you you know, you lose that one. Okay, well, now I got to make that back. So so let's do it again. And it's a vicious cycle. You know, you see people fall into it just, you know, even just following tweets of people, it's like, oh man, this guy's taking a beating all weekend, and then uh, you don't you don't see much of it on Twitter for the next few days. You know that he's either scrambling or being responsible, and you got to hope that he's being responsible. But you know, it's a it's a very slippery slope, and you know, there's there's certainly fun to be had. There's certainly money to be made, but you know, like you said, this is not a get rich quick thing. Um, you can't expect to go out there and win. And like I said, you only wager what you can afford to lose. And uh, I'm perfectly content, you know, donating $10 to, to, to FanDuel every night. Um, it's worth the price of admission just to follow along. And that's fine by me. I smoked cigarettes for years. It's, it's cheaper than a pack of cigarettes. So in my crazy mind, I rationalized it to, uh, to that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, a lot, another thing is uh, not many people talk about if they're losing, I tell everybody all the time, I'm taking a beating in baseball this season. I'm down. I'm hundred percent down in baseball this season. Even if I have a, a good three weeks, I think I'll probably still be down in baseball. That's how bad I got my ass kicked the first couple months. And there's no shame in that. There's more shame in hiding it and misleading people. And then you're, that's, you're going to enable a gambling addiction. Cause that person's going to say, look at all these people that I follow and they're all winning like crazy. I mean, I can only post about bets that I'm winning or stuff like that, and I can mislead people. It's just really, really corny to me. It's just, it's not a, it's not a good look. And there are a lot of people that are down. I would say probably half the people you see posting about their tickets are probably down because they're probably making private bets. Maybe they're degenerates. Maybe they have issues too. Maybe they have a gambling problem too. So it's, uh, it's not as glamorous as people think. But if you have the right attitude. Uh, and you're recreational and just like me, it's a lot of fun because you know what? Those those losses don't really hurt. They really don't. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of how I have to keep it. And of course, if anybody listening, you know, 
if you feel that you are slipping down that slope, reach out and talk to somebody. There's hotlines out there. Um, I just said it on the air. I've dealt with addiction issues pretty much my entire life. I've been on the, the, the straight and narrow path for many years now, but you know, the, the lessons learned kind of apply all over here. My DMs are open on Twitter. I'm happy to, you know, point you in the right direction. If you think you need help, I'm, you know, I'm happy to do that, but yeah, just kind of take everything with care, think things through, um, you know, have a process, have a structure is the best advice I can give to someone. And I'm very new to this. So having a, a setting a limit and, and keeping, uh, you know, notes of oh, what I've lost and, and, and what I've won to be, to be honest, I'm probably, you know, just barely in the red, just barely. And, you know, this has been going on since January, you know, I'm very safe with my bets. I put, I do, yeah, and it's what's weird because you could do all the research in the world and still end up getting screwed in the end. But it helps to know to have information. There's just so much out there. But yeah, it's um recreation. I think <laughs> that's the best way to put it. You're betting on a game of failure. Baseball is a game of failure, <laughs> essentially. You're literally betting on failure. You're betting on at guys. Its core, at its absolute core. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about it this way is uh, it was funny because I don't know if the guy didn't like maybe he didn't know baseball, but he he replied to one of my things uh, and said that, oh, this guy hasn't. What, what was it? It was something like you could tell the guy never watched baseball. He was like kind of pissed off. He's like, this guy is uh, failing. He's on under 50 percent of, of, of whatever. And I'm like, Do you, he, he's batting 400. It, it, uh, like it was somebody batting 400 against lefties or something I posted about. And he's like, uh, that's that's a failure. That's under 50 percent. But like usually I could tell sarcasm. And I looked at this guy's tweets. He was not being sarcastic. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's funny in that sense. But um, uh, the emboldened, misinformed fan. It's a rare breed, but they, they bring a <laughs> smile to my face. A lot of people weren't really fans of baseball until betting came. You know, this is like the, a first season. A lot of people I see posting about it are like, yeah, I never really watched baseball. This is my first season. And it's getting a lot of people into baseball, which is really cool. But, you know, hopefully we keep them uh, in check with their with their gambling. But I think a lot of people, for the most part, that follow me, I see a lot of $5, $10 bets, which is really cool. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, unless you can you can afford bigger than, than that. But it's uh th- th- so the home runs have been real funky this season, huh? <laughs> it's funny, man. Like you can, we, I think we could speculate, we can conspiracy theory, you know, through this for, for another hour, but um, it's almost obvious that some games and some series are getting livelier balls and whether yes. that be weekends, whether that be national games, I mean, I'm sure digging into the research, whatever, what's publicly available might be a little skewed. You never know, but um there's got to be something going on. And, you know, guys, the numbers are getting there. You know, your league leaders, there's guys with 25 home runs at the break, and that's going to break out to, you know, your 40, 50 home run hitters across the league. There's going to be a handful of them. Um, but it's, it almost feels like it's being controlled in some cases. And, uh, you know, of course, that, that that's always going to affect, um, you know, the, the, the gambling side of it when home run props and home run parlays are such a, uh, a popular thing. I mean, we we uh, we spoke about it last time. It was it, the weekend seemed weird. Like the ball just uh, just pops. It's a lot of home runs on the weekends. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's something that uh, I think maybe in ten years there'll be a thirty for thirty on. <laughs> oh, we'll see. I mean, the 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 potential for stuff to go terribly wrong in so many different ways, as far as you know, sports and gambling kind of forming this this marriage. Um, it, it's it's always going to be there, and I you know you. 
I think saying that nothing's going to happen would probably be naive. Um, there's going to be scandals eventually, but I, you know, you just kind of have to hope that people do want to keep some sort of integrity in the game, but you know, there's a lot of money at stake. We were talking about on the last show, how, you know, a prop bet or a, you know, over under on assists or something in, in the NBA or the NHL or anything like that, or, or, you know, I guess baseball is really tough because there's so much chance involved, but you know, it, it's very easy. I don't want to say easy. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it, the window is wide open for something like that to, uh, to happen. You really have to kind of <sighs> tread lightly. Yeah, it's actually funny because uh, there was a, I don't know if it was a Nigerian league or soccer league or something like that. And the guy, I, I saw that. Clip. Oh, my God. <laughs> he threw the game on purpose. And it was so obvious. Like, I, what, what, what was going on there? You know, this guy got paid off by somebody. But, you know, I don't think. See, I, I'm not the tinfoil hat guy as far as like a lot of people swear that NBA is rigged and NFL. I don't think these guys are really aware. I think coaches, I think coaches are aware because something about coaches, I've heard them talk about it in the past. I think college, especially college football, these guys want to be on record that they cover a lot. It just gives them more like hype and uh, it gets them more fans. Like these guys are covering all the time. It is, they know the spread. I think in college football, I think there was a guy on record that was like, yeah, I just I want to cover every game. I want to beat the, you know, the shit out of every opponent. And so they know. And, and there was a specific play where they had to. It was like a they didn't have to go for two. And he went for two and he said just to cover the spread or something like that. So stuff like that, I get. But I don't think these guys are selling because they have eight assists. And the guy's like, nah, I'm not going to get another assist now on purpose. I, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah. You know, um, whether it's prevalent, whether it's talked about in locker rooms, we'll never know. But the, the more mainstream it gets, the more opportunity for a nefarious action will be there. <laughs> you know, we got to take a real quick break just to, uh, to hear from the sponsors. We're going to be right back. Hang tight. And we're back. Parlay J, Paranormal Base on Twitter. Uh, you'll see his work on dimers.com. Uh, if you follow on Twitter, you're going to see a bunch of plays. You're going to see a bunch of encouraging stuff. But the positivity is great. You guys really try to keep it um, on the up and up in that department as far as in the community. I love that. Yeah. So I, I've dealt with a lot of trolls in the last couple of years, whatever it is. You have a big following. You're going to have people in anonymous accounts, this and that. I hide a reply and I block it immediately. I don't respond to it because no one wants to see that that shit on, on, on your Twitter feed. Uh, and then it also encourages other trolls to like, oh, I could get under this guy's skin and get a, a, a sh like basically a shout out almost from a guy with 50,000 followers or whatever it is. And it, it just it's a it's just a bad cycle. Once you start, you just you're just going to add on more people going to come. So what I do is if, if someone is being negative or saying something, uh, I hide reply and I block and I don't think about you after that. Like I could care less like you don't exist. You could say the nastiest stuff about me. But you could curse out my family. I really don't care. You're like a, you're just an anonymous account on Twitter. So hide, reply, block. I move on. And then a lot of people get so angry. Like they 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 mess with me. How do you deal with these people? They they're saying this. They're saying that. Why do you care? Their job is to get under your skin. Like they want, they get a rush out of getting under people's skin. So what do you do? You block them. Make them make another burner account. Immediately blocked. You think they're gonna go and make another one now? They just went through the trouble making an email, another Twitter. To, to write to you and you immediately block them. What they purpose? What was the purpose? Nothing. So uh, stuff like that. I think it's getting a lot better. I see a lot of other people doing it now in the community. 
hide reply, block, and that's it. They're gone. Yeah. So, um, out of sight, out of mind. That's all yeah. it comes down to. Yeah. So, and then we try to encourage, like, you know, everybody's pretty cool on, you know, social media. Uh, the only thing is, like, it's so my antagonist in life, if they had to make one antagonist, it is a, a cocky, arrogant person. And I'm probably in the wrong field for that because gambling is full of cockiness and arrogance. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, <laughs> you see a guy, he gets a nice hit and he's calling himself the goat or, or this and that. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Like I could go on a run and have a $10,000 hit for the next month. And I still can't picture myself saying something cringy like that. But you know what? It, it, whatever sells uh, for, for their, their channel or their whatever they got going on. So it is what it is. But confidence you know. is cool. Just act like you've been there before. Yeah, confidence is, is cool. <laughs> in line to walk. But, you know, it's like scoring a touchdown, bro. You don't want to look like a fool out there. <laughs> Do a little dance. But let's let's, you know, keep it professional. Yeah, it's, it's so in that aspect, it's uh, there's a lot of uh, arrogance. But, you know, it, I learned not to judge the people based on that, because I've met people in person that are like that on, on Twitter and in real life. They're not. It's just like a show. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's like oh. WWE sometimes. Dude, I find myself, you know, getting so angry, just and, and not angry, just frustrated with whatever. Like, and, and, you know, it's Mets Twitter, so it's notoriously uh, very um negative material place. <laughs> you know, you, and you and there's pockets that are absolutely great. There's just pockets that are negative and you kind of have to wade through it. And, and you know, at times you're always going to get your butt, you, you know, your buttons are going to get pushed every day. But yeah, you just kind of got to move away from it. Like in real life, I don't think twice. Someone could literally say F you to my face and I'll smile like, oh, well, that's nice. I'm just too old and have too many responsibilities to do anything about this. So you have a nice day. Like, thank you. Like, I appreciate your input. And, and I try to do that on social media. But boy, the um, I, I think the I think you hit it on the head, the arrogance that you see on social media and the um, just the eagerness to 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 eagerness to find conflict. It's it's a you know, it's also a slippery slope. We were talking about that before, but it's easy to get wrapped up in that. And, you know, yeah, that's why stepping back is so important on that front. But boy, the Mets haven't really done much to. I shouldn't say that. There's been times where the Mets have made you, you know, pull out your hair this season. But overall, you really have to be enjoying the ride, right? I mean, look, at I would say this series was not a great one, but we still took three out of four. It's just it's uh, this. This is a series that you could probably say in the past we would have either split or lost somehow. You know what I mean? And it's uh, to see us winning, grinding out, even when we're not at our best, especially offensively. You know, the, the bats just seemed kind of dead. Uh, maybe the wind was a factor mentally for some of these guys where they're 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 taken out. They're like, if I hit a fly ball, that's it. It's 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 not going anywhere. Uh, but I don't know what it was that the bats just seem kind of limp right now. Maybe they need a break, but we still took three out of four. Like this, that's awesome. This is what you want to see from a winning team. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the Cubs are, you know, there's some talent there, but it's not a, a good team. The Mets, this is a team that the Mets should have taken three or four from, and I'm glad they didn't. They had the opportunity to sweep them. They had the opportunity to make it a really, a much more lopsided series. And, you know, it didn't work out that way, but wins are wins. When you look back on it, it is what it is, but you're talking about the offense, um, you know, over the last 30 days, the Mets have scored exactly 100 runs. That's 25th in baseball. Their OPS is, I have it here, 
I kept notes today. I did. I tried to keep up. Also, twenty <laughs> fifth in baseball, six seventy one OPS. I mean, this is not the um, the force that we saw early on in the year, just putting balls in play and getting it done. I think you've seen guys, whether they're forcing it, whether they're just hitting natural slumps. I mean, it's going to happen. Like we said before, it's baseball. It's a game of failure. Um, the the offense needs a spark. I think that's. I think it adds. You know, Lindor heating up again and he had a he had a really nice month um Marte uh, looking absolutely fantastic over the last month or so uh 906 OPS over the last 30 days Nimmo playing terrific ball you know everyone's doing something but there's always going to be slumps it just so happened over the last maybe you know month to six weeks uh those slumps have kind of been bunched together I think maybe a spark is needed at this point whether that's via trade or not, um, we shall see. I, I think, uh, you know, at this point, it when you have to throw the same lineup out there almost every day, it kind of becomes a job instead of having like the fun you usually have. And there's no like sp- the bottom of the order has been struggling and that doesn't help the top of the order because now it's all a mental game where we got to carry the team because these guys are just going to be, you know, easy outs or they're not going to be productive. You know, Canna, Escobar, Dom Smith has been really bad. You know, I love the guy, but he's uh, he's having his battling his own demons at the plate. Oh, he's, uh, having, he's having his worst pro season by far. And that's that's surprising. And it's it's disappointing. But um, yeah, he's having a, just such a hard time this year. What do, what do you think of you think that there's a chance that Beatty comes up before Alvarez? I think if, if they really want to shake things up at third and they don't do it via trade, um, I would expect uh, Vientos, Mark Vientos, to get the call before before Beatty. Um, but you really never know. Beatty's, over the last month or so, he's hitting the cover off the ball. I think he's going to be ready for uh, for AAA very soon. Um, Vientos is probably next in line. And, you know, he could be a very good uh, – he, he turned into a very good minor league player. And, and he was always a prospect who was talked about as having – uh, great power tool, um, decent fielder, but a lot of power potential. He's done well with the average, but his plate discipline is uh, is shaky. And you see a lot of guys go through that. Look at Roddy Mauricio. He's still, you know, striking out at like a 28% clip. He's finding everything else. Everything else is starting to click. But, you know, that plate discipline really isn't there. And Vientos has kind of battled that. I wouldn't expect them to turn to a, a minor league player, especially with the expectations they have for this team. You know, if if two guys get hurt and they really need to go out and, and, and bring someone in, maybe they get the call. But no, I, I don't rush Beatty. To be perfectly honest, I, I don't know if Beatty's still in the organization after the trade deadline. I think that's a, you know, it's a possible um, cornerstone for the future. But, you know, unless it's a guy like Soto or a guy like Trout, you know, I, I don't – I keep Alvarez off limits or at least – off the table unless absolutely necessary. But yeah, I think if they're looking to do something big, I think Beatty could go. I think the Entos could go. I think whatever high pitching prospects they have, you know, your Ziegler's, your uh, Don Allen. Yeah. Don Hamill and Brooklyn has been doing real good. Uh, you know, these guys might all be with different teams by the end of the month. Uh, Vientos, I think has uh, 41 home runs in the last hundred and whatever games of the minor leagues. It's like, he has a lot, a lot of power, but oh, I want to see him go after Mancini. Uh, what Mancini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see like that kind of 
like name, you know, you put that kind of, it doesn't even matter if he's not playing at what he was a few years ago, that just having that name in the lineup has got to get guys fired up. You know what I mean? It just changes the culture. He's having a really nice year. I mean, and now that the Orioles are winning, I mean, and he's such a, an important part to that fan base. The fans love Trey Mancini. It's a very proud fan base. They've been through so much. I don't know if you saw a clip. Um, they were on a, I think it was an Apple TV broadcast. They were playing the Angels. And they had, they were just won like eight in a row or nine in a row. And they showed a video of Camden Yards and the place is packed and the place is electric. You know, how long have they been waiting for just a little bit of excitement there? I find it more and more unlikely they move Mancini. I think that they, they make sure he's a part of whatever this turnaround might be. They get a bright future. It's a nice team there. I mean, I love I have been to very few stadiums, but I did make sure I went to Camden Yards and it is beautiful. What a place to watch the game. You could just walk around. Uh, there's a section on right field where you could just stand and it's like picture perfect. My uh, my brother and his friends went there and I still hear stories about the fun they had at Camden Yards. They were there for a couple of Yankee series. And uh, yeah. You know, uh, I've been to Citizens Bank Park, which I really liked. But, you know, Camden Yards, that was early 90s, I think it debuted. And, you know, that really, it was a game changer as far as teams wanting to update their their arenas, their stadiums, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, make it cozy. Make it unique. Nobody wants to see, a you know, a, a three-level you know, you know, a uh, cylinder in the middle of a parking lot. It's just, and like, that's where I think they messed up giant stadium. Like the new giant stadium is just the old giant stadium. That's all it is. <laughs> and that, it's, it's pretty much the same with, with Yankee stadium. And there's a lot of history there. So you kind of have to keep it kind of the same. But the first time I went to the new Yankee stadium, I'm like, boy, they, they really missed the ball here. You know, look at city field. Like that's a gorgeous place to watch a game, presumably play a game. And, and, yeah, I just think that Camden Yards did it right, and there's other places that just didn't. But hey, it is I, what it is. I think that like the picture perfect park should be something that has such good walkability that you can walk yeah. around and enjoy yourself, have a beer, walk around on the Shea Bridge, stuff like that, and uh, have a sight line of the game from wherever you're standing. I think that's where a lot of parks miss the ball. You know what I mean? That's yeah. uh, Camden Yards is such a beautiful place just to walk around. Uh, Citizens Bank Park. I didn't get to walk around much. I, I sat behind first base, uh, third third base uh, dugout. Well, the Mets dugout. Right after they won, they clinched the um, the division in 2015. Yeah. I actually got tickets <laughs> when they came to Citizen Bank Park right after that Red Series, and I sat right behind the uh, the dugout. That was really cool. The, the players acknowledged me. You know, I had a sign, everything. <laughs> that was awesome. That's great. Um, last time I was in Philly was probably oh six or 07 and I was wearing a white David Wright jersey and we got real excited about something and somebody threw a hot dog um, like full ketchup mustard everything threw a hot dog and got it all over my white David Wright jersey and I'm like oh well you know I liked this place until right now and uh, I haven't really been back that was actually a wild night I'm not going to tell that story on the air but boy that night turned absolutely crazy shout out to my brother Phil hey brother Phil <laughs> He listens and he's not, he's not much of a wild man, but Oh, he got wild that night. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lot different now. I'm a lot more. Now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually six or different times. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, banned from uh, MetLife stadium. Cause uh, Are I, you? I got, 
<laughs> a Jets fan tried to get a little too uh, too aggressive with me, and it didn't end well for him. And I had six, six security guards throw me on the ground, and state troopers, and I was a little intoxicated. But uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I could, those days are behind me. I'm 32 years old now. I'm, uh, I think I'm wise beyond my years. Hopefully, 32. You're a young man. Yeah, but I feel like I'm like 50 with all the the stuff I've uh, experienced in my life. So it's it's definitely uh it's I, I feel old. I, I hung out with a lot of older people. You know what I mean? I was never the 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 oldest in my group. I was always the youngest by a large margin. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny how when you're a kid, you just want to grow up. And then when you're once you're grown up, you're like, oh, fuck, I really wasted my time. huh? Yeah, I feel like I tell everybody all the time. It's like I feel like I, I was 21. I felt like I was 25 when I was 25. I felt like I was 35. It was just <laughs> oh, by the time I was of legal drinking age, I didn't want to go to bars anymore. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because like I was such a big club guy hanging out and then I found bars and I was like in heaven, just calm, yeah. few people hanging out, talking. And then now I just don't even want to go out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, like we were getting into local pubs and such, you know, 16, 17 years old. And, you know, you know how the bar life was, especially in the 2000s. Um, crazy, just absolutely off, off, off the wall. And uh yeah, by the time like my early 20s rolled around, I had kids. Um, I was done, you know, <laughs> I was done getting into trouble, man. And that's really all that, that you know, that bar scene. Yeah, I, I'm sure you've been out to Long Island and it's, it's nothing but trouble in certain, certain spots. And yeah, that, 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 you know, the elements everywhere. And, and, you know, you can avoid these things, but it's, you know, you stay out past a certain hour and shit just finds you. Anyway, we got a little off subject here. Um, <laughs> That's going to happen when Jerry Bear comes back on the show, man. <laughs> uh, really, we got to do like a live show one day. This, this, I think that would be fun. Oh, forget it. We, we'll be talking for hours. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, we set up at a bar and watch football on a Sunday and talk about what the Mets are doing in the offseason. You know, we could fill a couple hours, have some that, good times. That, that would be sick, actually. OK. All right. Well, we're going to have to put a, put a pin in that. I'm going to write it down on the wall. The second episode in a row, we get to reference the wall. Fantastic! I swear, I'm gonna have to take a picture of this one day. We'll put it on the uh, on the on the in the pod description. I literally I have bets and and wagers and uh, three and a half years. Buster Posey on the Hall of Fame ballot, over or under? I'll put yours up there too. I think it takes him. You think it takes him over or under three and a half years to get into the Hall of Fame? Um, Buster Posey. He is eligible in three years now. Well, well, once he's eligible, you think he's a, he's getting in before that fourth year? I've heard people say, oh, he's going to take him a while to get in. I think he's at the very most a second ballot Hall of Famer. It, it, that's a that's a tough one. You know what? They're getting a lot more lenient with these uh, the recency bias of, you know, we saw yeah. Jeter get what was it? Jeter got, or Mariano got u- unanimous for the first time. Yeah, it was uh, Mariano. Mariano. I, I mean, I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Well, you know, Mariano was the best to ever do at his position. And um, there's probably another discussion, probably another whole other episode. We can have. <laughs> you know, he was amazing. He And, you know, as someone who watched a fair amount of Yankees as a kid growing up with, you know, the Yankees on TV. Um, yeah, he was just another level of, of pitcher. I still think Griffey should have been the, uh, the pitch first. now him and his prime. Now, when guys are throwing 100 miles an hour. He could still be the best relief pitcher in the game, throwing 92, 93 cutters every pitch. Guys know what's coming and they just couldn't touch it. I, I, I think that would translate. 
that man killed a lot of trees. I'll tell you that. <laughs> He's partially <laughs> responsible for the rainforest. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess real quick, we only have a few minutes. Where, where do you think the Mets need to focus on when it comes to the trade deadline? Because, you know, there's if they have these World Series aspirations, you kind of want to bring things up to snuff on on any level you can. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are really upset about the bullpen, but I think, you know, that's going to tighten up and you go to the playoffs. You're going to have the same guys. You're not going to have uh, Lopez or any of these guys pitching. They're not going to see the baseball, but you're going to have also you're going to have some starters, some quality starters move to the bullpen. Uh, those going to be arms too. you know, I think the bullpen could use one more arm, you know, yeah. um, not. I really, really think we need to add some kind of name. I don't really care about the guy being a superstar. Just add a name to the mix in the clubhouse where the guys can say, yeah, we got this guy, uh, you know, on our side now. And that really can change the dynamic. Teams are real. Baseball is a mental game. It's a very mental game. It's a game of confidence. You add a guy that, you know, brings in some spark and that could change the whole lineup. Just alleviate a little bit of pressure, whether it's in the bullpen, whether it's in the, uh, you know, in the lineup. Take a little bit of pressure off everyone else and the dynamic changes completely. Instill a little bit more confidence in a J.D. Davis that maybe, you know, not so much is on him to produce because now there's other people who come in and step in. He can work and get better and not have to worry about losing his job. He's another guy who might be traded by the end of the month. But again, we'll have to with this front office and with this organization's new like ability to do what it takes to win. You know, I have no idea what to expect. We can sit here and like pontificate. Oh, you know, you know, they're 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 going to go out and get this guy or that guy. No, we know that they need a bullpen arm. We know that they need a bat, maybe two. We know that the starting pitching is going to be, you know, phenomenal. Um, it's just it. You know, if there's names out there like a Soto, let's and, and I'm not quick to to jump on that. You know, if I kind of expect him more to be traded after the season than at this deadline. But, you know, again, especially if the Mets are involved, who knows? They might be like, you know, get the green light to give up prospects one through four and then cherry pick whoever else you want. And and all of a sudden the Mets have no top of the farm system, but they have Juan Soto. You know, honestly, I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't bet against it. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm one of the very few people. I love one. I'm a huge Juan Soto fan, even though he's on a division rival. I love watching him play. Yeah. I think I'm one of the few guys that wants to stay away just because a our prospects can help keep us within a, a certain number of the payroll. When we bring them up, we get we get cheap labor. That's that's a big deal. And everybody says, oh, Steve Cohen, he has, you know, billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, but he, he doesn't. They will change the rules this offseason if they have to. The owners will get together and say, we're going to tax teams that go over the luxury tax this much. And before you know it, this guy may be paying for a $300 million payroll. He may be paying six, seven hundred million per season. And then as a guy who's making money and is smart with his money, he's going to say, wait a second. Hold on a second. I don't want to pay seven, eight hundred million dollars a year with all these taxes or whatever it is. Uh, so I kind of like the cheap labor and what we have the core. I don't know if I want to get Juan Soto in when his cheap years are behind him. Well, you know, he's got two and a half. I think at the end of 2024, he'll be a free agent. Um, the CBA was just agreed to so that that the luxury tax is pretty much locked in for the next few years. 
of course, it's going to go up. But I think revenues are probably going to go up as well once they kind of get the streaming all figured out. But, you know, if the Nationals come to the Mets or vice versa and there's traction there and the Nats say, OK, well, you guys can have Juan Soto, but we want this. I mean, I could say, yeah, I, you know, Francisco Alvarez, I'm going to keep him in my back pocket for now. But if the Nationals say Juan Soto's yours for Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Ronnie Mauricio, and two of your pitchers, I, I don't think I could say no to that. I just kind of hold Alvarez in my pocket until they insist on it. That's like that's my only holdup. I, I think getting Soto in um, doesn't matter what he costs. You kind of work around a player like that. He's generational. I just don't see any other option out there that's as good and as a sure thing as Juan Soto. Like even if Mike Trout became available, great player, generational player, Hall of Fame, no doubter. This is a guy who's been hurt a bunch. This is a guy who, who can't stay on the field, but when he's healthy, he's amazing. I'd still, I think I'd have, rather have Juan Soto. And if the Nets necessitated everything, I'll give him everything plus some. I really would. Yeah, I haven't been really putting much thought into it because now it's just coming out that it's possible. You know, I didn't think it was even relatively possible. I don't think the Nationals would give generational talent right to their, you know, division rivals. But well, I think highest bidder at this point. Yeah, it's uh, we could we can give. I think we're probably one of the only teams, maybe the Yankees, too, with Volpe up, up top of their farm. I think oh. we're, we're one of the only teams that can give them a quick two year flip. You know what I mean? Oh, there's going to be some there's going to be some suitors out there. Just just you wait. But we'll get to that in another episode. Jerry, I can't thank you enough for coming on. We're almost out of time. Um, everybody knows where to find you. It's Paranormal Base on Twitter. It's uh, at Dimers.com. You have your daily show there. It's called uh, Shit. I, I swear it's tip of my tongue. Uh, come on. It's baseball show? related. It's baseball related. It's about home runs. Yeah, I know. Swinging it's, for the fences. Swinging for the fences. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was right there. You guys know where to find us. We'll be back next week. Little second half preview. Uh, Taryn will be back in August. Again, if you guys see him on Twitter, which he's, I see him active when he's not studying for his bar exam. Uh, wish him luck. He got that coming up at the end of the month. And uh, yeah, you guys know the sign off. It's Let's Fucking Go Mets. We'll see you next time. Peace.